It's the Monday Wrap with my dad, Pastor Mark. Well, hello everyone, this is Pastor Mark, and you're joining me on the Monday Wrap for Sunday, December 12th, 2021, in a message I entitled, Preparing for the Adventure. Preparing for the Advent, U-R-E, John chapter 1, verses 19 through 28. So let's take a look at those verses, John chapter 1, 19 through 28. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He said, no. He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. And the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. You know, preparation is an important part of life, isn't it? We prepare for many things in our lives, as we rightly should. For example, we prepare for sports by practicing, don't we? can't go out on the field and expect to win and be successful if you don't practice. We prepare for military service by going through boot camp. We prepare for college by going through high school or High school we prepare for by going through middle school. Middle school we prepare for by going through elementary school. We prepare for tests by studying. We prepare for birthdays by baking cakes. And when it comes to preparing for Christmas, how do you think most people would describe the preparation process? Well, they'd say, I buy gifts and I wrap them. I send out Christmas cards. I make travel arrangements to travel to the homes of loved ones and family members. I work overtime at work for several weeks or months prior to Christmas in order to have a little extra money I buy, put up and decorate a Christmas tree. I take the kids to see Santa Claus at the mall. I bake pies and cookies and make eggnog and all I, I do all the family traditions that I've done for generations. And you know folks, when you think about our preparation for Christmas, all of the things I just listed and many more are good things, aren't they? They're, they're not inherently bad in and of themselves. However, the real focus, right, should be on Christ's mass. Christmas, as we said before. Christmas is about the first advent, the birth of Christ. I enjoy the movie, The Nativity Story. If you've never seen that, I'd encourage you to go watch it. And it speaks to my heart and speaks to the awe that must have surrounded the birth of Christ, the joy, the anticipation. But in today's fast-paced world, we often forget about the true meaning of Christmas, don't we? We neglect in preparing for the birthday of Jesus. We forget to make time in our busy schedules for the one who gave us eternity. What I want to do today is focus on preparing our hearts for Christ's arrival, for our celebration of the first advent, Christ's birthday. But how do we do that? I mean, it's easy for me to say, you know, focus on the birth of Christ, prepare for the first advent, but what does all of that really mean? From a practical standpoint, how do you and I put ourselves in the right posture for Christmas? 
and prepare our hearts for God. I think in the passage that we just read, John the Baptist stands as an object lesson for us in this regard. Now we know about the ministry of John the Baptist. He came preaching repentance for sin. That was his main ministry. Matthew 3 verse 2 says, he said in there, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. This was his central message, but John also came with the message of how to do that, didn't he? he? He came to prophesy the ministry and work that is the arrival of Jesus Christ. John had a very, very fruitful ministry, didn't he? Matthew 3 verses 5 through 6 says, people went, out to, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John's whole ministry, and it was a successful one, was to preach repentance and to hold up Jesus as the reason and the way to do it. So John the Baptist's focus was completely on Christ. So if I want to learn how to focus on Jesus during Christmas, or any other time of the year for that matter, then John can be my tutor, can he? Look at three things that John teaches us about focusing on Christ. And the first is that John the Baptist was humble. Now, in this passage, it would have been easy, right? In the, in the, in the narrative that surrounds this passage, the history that surrounds this passage, it would have been easy for John to have been prideful, taking credit for himself. Obviously, the word on the street was that John the Baptist might be the Messiah, the Christ. Otherwise, priests and Levites would not have come to inquire as to who he was, and he wouldn't have answered so matter-of-factly, I am not the Christ, I'm not the Messiah. And as we just mentioned, Matthew records that John's ministry was very fruitful. So it would have been easy for John to take credit for all of that. It's tempting for us to take credit for ourselves, isn't it? It's easy to be prideful. You know, as a a pastor, I get a lot of people who come up to me uh, and say things like, uh, good job, great service, good sermon, whatever they say. And it's so easy. It would be so easy to take credit for myself. But one, others are always involved. And two, it's for God, not me, right? I've got to keep things in perspective. Any ability that I might have or any other person might have is not of ourselves it's a gift from god it's a blessing from god it's a talent or a skill or a spiritual um, gift from god it's not ours and when we have pride in them it's like we're spitting in the face of god sunday i told the story of seeing barry bonds the big baseball player back in the 80s and 90s i was out in uh, san francisco and went to see a giants game and there's Barry Bonds, and all these little kids are surrounding, coming around him. They want his autograph. They want him to say hi to him. They want him to give him a high five or a glance or a thumbs up, and he just completely ignored them. Didn't give them the, the time of day. Didn't even act, acted like they weren't even there, and he was only a couple feet from them. Now, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he was just having a bad day. Maybe he was angry about something. Maybe he had something on his mind. I mean, I don't want to be too hard on the man. But my thought is, was he believing his own press? Had he become such a big and famous and uh, noteworthy baseball player that he didn't have time for the little people anymore? It's so easy for us to become that way, isn't it? I mean, I can point my finger at Barry Bonds all day, but I got to remember that I do the same thing sometimes, don't I? It's so easy to fall prey to pride. 
Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the 19th century English Baptist preacher, said that he said, Be not proud of race, face, place, or grace. He also said, Proud hearts breed proud looks and stiff knees. Isn't that so true? Edward Pace, an 18th century American preacher, said, Pride consists of an unduly exalted opinion of oneself. It is therefore impatient of a rival, hates a superior, and cannot endure a master. And then John Ruskin, another 19th century English writer and philosopher, said, Pride is at the bottom of all great mistakes. But fortunately, John the Baptist didn't make a great mistake, did he? Fortunately, he realized who he was and humbled himself before Christ. We should do the same today as we prepare for Christmas. In this time, we too should humble ourselves before Christ. Just as the Magi traveled from the far east and presented their gifts before the Christ child, just as the shepherds left their flocks to visit the baby Jesus, we too should sacrifice our pride and our position and our own plans to God. This is his birthday. Let's focus on him in humility. So humility is the first thing we can learn from John. The second thing we can learn from John the Baptist is that John the Baptist was outspoken for Christ. In verse 23, John says, I am the voice of the one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Also, as we said before in Matthew 3 verse 2, uh, John, uh, we hear recorded there John's foundational statement or message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. John was a man of conviction. He was a man with a burden for God. God had given him a mission, God had given him a message, and he was dead set on delivering it. He came to spread the message of Jesus Christ. But folks, today, so many of us are not outspoken for Christ, are we? Many are embarrassed about what people will say if they talk about Jesus, and in our politically correct world, it's almost taboo to mention the name of Jesus in public circles, even though non-Christian historians throughout history, like Josephus, the great Jewish historian, tell us that Jesus was a real person, yet we avoid talking about him. You know what's so sad about that, folks, is that Jesus was not embarrassed by us, was he? He went to the cross for everyone, was scourged by the Roman oppressors, was spat upon by his own people, the Jews. Jesus endured considerable hardship and death in front of a mocking crowd so that we could live. We should be willing to proclaim him to others, shouldn't we? Isn't that a small sacrifice for us, for the huge sacrifice he made? We should be willing to proclaim him before others, but many are not. So what we get is watered-down Christianity. What we get is a gospel message that is devoid of its power. All we want to talk about is doing good deeds or being good people or working hard, but we avoid the central message so many times. We avoid telling people about the person of Jesus, about his birth, his ministry, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And this, folks, is the shame of our generation. A Canadian pastor, a wrote these very telling words just a few years ago. This isn't an old quote. I can't remember his name, but he said, to do evangelism means to invite, not to impose. But when we as individual believers, as congregations, as a denomination are embarrassed by evangelism, when we shy away from mission, when we are ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ, then all we have to offer is ourselves. If we're not offering Jesus Christ, then it is vain to consider that the world will beat down a path to our door to become more like us. 
our mission will be fruitless, our evangelism gutted of its power. Looks like David Lloyd George had it right all along. The missionary program of the church must go forward, or we might as well close up. Wow. What words of conviction there, folks. What words of truth. And the question is, are we ready to close up today? Are we ready to let Satan take over operations? You see, we must, as John the Baptist did, proclaim Jesus. And especially in this time, as we approach Christmas, we must lead others towards the cross. And the way we start is by celebrating the birth of Jesus, by heralding who he is, by proclaiming the majesty surrounding his birth, by telling his story to those close to us, by being willing to stand up for Jesus, even in the face of ridicule. John the Baptist proclaimed Jesus as the Christ to the world around him. My challenge to us today is to do the same this Christmas. So John the Baptist was humble. He showed us humility. He showed us proclamation, proclaiming the name of Christ. And finally, John the Baptist glorified Christ. When responding to the priests and Levites, John said in verses 26 and 27, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. He's the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Matthew 3, verse 11, John says, But after me will come one who is more powerful than I. You see, John focused on Christ to the point where he gave Christ all the glory. And folks, this goes beyond humility. That was my first point. My first point was humility. Humility is is simply not holding oneself in high regard. And this John certainly does. But John goes a step beyond humility. Here he is giving the credit to one person, namely Christ, God incarnate. John reserves all the glory for God. You know, if we just take away glory from ourselves and we don't give it to God, this would be like humility for humility's sake. That's something that's really akin to just emotional masochism, just kind of beating ourselves up emotionally. You're merely depriving your soul of its worth. And this can be detrimental to us emotionally and psychologically. However, when credit is given to God, the soul is filled with the joy and the peace and the strength of God. We're given worth through His worth. We're given power through His power. And the New Testament testifies to this in so many places, doesn't it? Folks, John provides us a a great object lesson of this because his focus is completely and wholeheartedly on Christ and his ministry and what he has come to do. John is humble, no doubt, but he's also giving of credit where credit is due. Again, Charles Haddon Spurgeon wrote these words. He said, the salvation of man must surely be first of all for the glory of God. And you have discovered the right form of Christian doctrine when you have found the system that has God in the center, ruling and controlling according to the good pleasure of his will. And Spurgeon's words are merely an echo of scripture, aren't they? Second Thessalonians verse, chapter one, verse 12 reads, we pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, as we drive toward Christmas Day, are you glorifying God or are you glorifying something or someone else? Are you giving to God the credit he is due? Just as John did, we should be not only taking credit away from ourselves, but we should be giving credit to God. 
started this off with a question. Essentially, that question was, do you know how to focus on Christ this Christmas? And I think John the Baptist has showed us how to do that. If we're to focus properly this Christmas, we must dedicate ourselves to, to humility. We must speak out for the Lord and proclaim his name, and we must take the void created in our souls through humility and fill it with the glory of God. Are you doing that this season? Have you been focusing on God or on the millions of other things going on around you? In the beginning, I said the message, title of this message was Preparing for the Advent Cure. Advent U-R-E. You know, God has an adventure in faith for all of us. But to participate in that adventure, to benefit from it, to experience its blessings, we must first appreciate and appropriate the advent in our lives. We got to appreciate and appropriate Christ and focus on Him. Are you ready for the adventure? I gave everybody a spiritual focus check, uh, a list of seven ver- uh, passages, rather, a list of seven passages over the next seven days that we're going to look at, Monday through Sunday. And I want you to participate in that. If you didn't get it at church, don't worry. I'll be on Facebook and I'll be sending emails each day where I'll be highlighting that passage and how God is speaking to me through it. But I want us to go through this seven-day spiritual focus check together to get our minds right, to get our foci right so that we're not focused on the million of things that are going on around us, the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, but we are focused on Jesus Christ. Will you do that with me? I hope you will. Well, I hope this has been... Uh, a good uh, wrap for you. I hope today's message will touch you in some way, and I hope it will help you focus on the Advent. Folks, I want you to have a wonderful week. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Join us next week for the Monday Wrap with my dad.